What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. I am your host, Kyle Pagan. We've got a great show for you today. No pro- programming note right away. Kevin Kincaid will not be here. He's a little under the weather. Two kids, anyone that's followed this for a little bit. It's Kevin Kincaid getting six seasons, so he'll be sick for the next eight to ten months. Uh, do with it what you wish. But we've got two other guys that I want to talk about. We've got Rush Joy. Bring him on the pod. And we've got the maestro, the former leader, the former CEO. I mean, Craig, Jesus Christ, I couldn't even introduce him before you brought it on. Kyle, how you doing? You see what happens when you when you leave? This is the production you get now. I didn't press the, I didn't press the button. Somebody else did. No. It was it was Craig. Craig, you, he gets paid two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year just to just to make these kind of crazy boneheaded level decisions. But <laughs> whatever. Uh, welcome, guys. I appreciate you coming on. Um, Kyle, I don't know how long we got you, so I just want to get right into it. You've been uh, you've been fun on 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 Twitter lately. I guess you've been you've been uh, critical. I would say, which is, I think, anyone who's read the site for you know the last 12, 15 years would be like, okay, that's 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 perfectly fine. I mean, you build up radio words and everything. You've built up a successful uh, media company, growing, building, and then selling it. And you've been really outspoken about a new entity in town. Um, something that I feel like you have a pretty good perspective on, since you have, you know, done this before. All city is what I'm talking about. Every time something comes up on Twitter, you're talking about it, criticizing it. Why is that the case right now? I feel like I have I have one lane, and it might be like sports, local sports media stuff. There's one thing I feel like I have an expertise in. It's local sports media stuff. I don't get what these. I just don't get it. Like, look, I'm I have nothing to do with Crossing Broad anymore, right? But I'm still as supportive of it as I could possibly be. So when I see any competitor come in online that will in some ways compete with crossing broad. Right. I try to, I try to, you know, defend my old turf. Right. Um, So there's that part of it. The other part is like, I've heard, you know, I know enough people around here and in the media game and even like on the investment side, and I've done some investing since selling the site and like sports media things. Like I, I get how this works and I'm seeing what these guys are doing. And I'm just being honest. Like, I don't understand how this works. I don't under, understand. And it's not like a lot of the people involved are really good. Like Zach Berman's great. Derek Bodner's great. But I think they're taking guys who are actually really good writers and then forcing them to spend five hours a week on camera. So they're, they're taking guys who are good at what they do and having them do something else and then putting a business model behind it that I can tell you I've tried for a, almost a decade and it's really hard to make work, let alone with the amount of money they're spending. But they're are you talking $5 million dollars and they're going to take their old college track. Are you talking about Crossing Broad Premium? What are we calling it? What are we calling it? Crossing Broad 2? Crossing Broad? Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. The new Crossing Broad way back when? Yeah, no, I mean, not just that. It's not so much the premium side. It's like it's really hard in local media, especially on the Internet, to make – you know, they're going to have to make millions of dollars per year in revenue for this to work. Like CB was like me and Kevin and a couple of other guys. Like if the site could make mid six figures, it was a, it was profitable. Right. But these guys, I'm just looking at the salaries and the people they have, they have 20 plus people. Some of them are getting paid almost $200,000 a year. Plus they have this uh, studio space in the city, which I'm sure isn't cheap. And so like you have to make, 
seven figures to be profitable. I'm looking at their views. I'm like, I don't, I don't see how you sell enough ads to make this work. Maybe it does. Like maybe, maybe they're just better at selling than I ever was. That's totally possible. I never really had like a sales gap, but I don't know. I think, I think they had a model that worked in Denver and they're trying, they got, they convinced some VCs that they could do that in other cities and maybe they can, maybe they can. But I think, I think they're going to have, it's going to have to be an events business to like actually be profitable. Russ, you've had some experience behind the scenes with 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 these guys. You know, obviously growing your own little media venture over there with uh, Snow the Goalie and everything. I know you haven't talked in ten minutes, so I'll give you the floor right now. What do you think about that? Do you think this could be successful? Do you see this as another runaround uh, and athletic with I'm calling it T-shirts and jeans? Um, what do you kind of look at this? I have a bunch of different thoughts on this, and I'll be very careful in how I go about articulating it. Uh, Thank you. We. We talked about this on our show, not with the company name involved, but like they went after all city, PHLY, went after a lot of targets. Um, and the, the team they ended up with is a really good team. And I think that it would be a mistake to undersell how loyal of a following the people who ultimately ended up at accepted offers at PHLY uh, are that said they weren't the initial targets for phly there's only one beat that they got the people that they initially targeted going after that's it and I, it's not me being an asshole it's not me being rude it's i was approached and anthony was approached and to some extent bundy was approached and we had already heard the names that had been going around and we heard about the names that were changing throughout time. So I can tell you definitively that only one beat is who they initially went after. And that's the Sixers beat. And if you're a Sixers fan, there is no better place right now to get your, in theory, to get your content from than there. Because you have Bodner who started the whole thing. Bodner who went from being this like occasion, well, he was a, at what, Voice, and then he did his own spinoff letter where you know, writes to Ricky Sanchez, really kind of propped him up as Godner. Then the athletic launches in Philadelphia. They put Bodner in charge of building that team around the same time that Kyle was looking to build the crossing broad staff. It was funny because there were some names that Kyle had actually asked for names of people that uh, people would like to, you know, read on crossing broad. And a lot of the people that ended up becoming the most popular names on that thread ended up getting picked off and went to the athletic. So there's that part of it. Bodner's really a smart hire on a number of levels. He's done the written stuff. His podcast is, is very good for the lane that it's in. It's not the same kind of fan, I don't think, as like listens to rights to Ricky Sanchez. So like Bodner makes a lot of sense. He's built a team. He's a really smart hire. Is there as much enthusiasm around Bodner as there was when the athletic launched? I don't know. I genuinely don't. Um, Rich Hoffman was a really good writer. It looks like they're kind of having him do newsletter stuff. I don't totally get it, but I, Rich Hoffman was good. Newbeck was like the best beat guy in town, I would say, the last season or so for the Sixers. So, like, from that perspective, they they got it. The rest, I mean... Kincaid is my, online, too, and would like to have my, a with you. Well, Kincaid <laughs> bailed on going down and covering games, so I'm not calling him a beat writer. He's, you know, he's a blogger. Wink, wink. But like the thing is, uh, they have they have essentially poached what the athletic staff is. And m after I talked to these people a while back, months ago, 
my initial feeling. And I called Kyle not that long after I said, oh, there's an outlet who's coming in and they're trying to be the athletic with video. And then they came in and they poached the athletic staff minus one uh, and they do video. So if it's if it's your speed, if it's what you want, if you want to listen to the same people talk about the same team every day for an hour, it's there. You certainly can do it. I mean, it, we'll Why? see. We'll see what the numbers look like. I can tell you that if you look at their channel, the the numbers since launch day are down significantly. They've kind of settled. I think where you would expect a daily show in the Philadelphia market to land. That's not an insult. That's just where the market typically settles at. So, you know, we'll see when, when games start picking up, when sees like when you start getting into the postseason, are these teams, are their feeds going to like blow up? It's possible. Totally possible. I don't know. Why can't this work? If it's a, if it's a five day a week daily show, and then you have places like WIP and the fanatic who do can do, you know, four hour shows. Um, is it because these are all just too focused on one sport in particular? Or is this because, Radio is just just different because the dial and people are in Philadelphia are just usually want to go to the dial instead of logging into YouTube and, and going that where whoever wants to take it first. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the format works, right? Like to to be a profitable business, like, and that's the format of this show too, right? But this crossing broad is its own thing, and so this show doesn't have to like make money, right? Like this, the people watching and listening right now are the hardcore CD fans who want to hear what you guys have to say, what your guests have to say. And like, it just builds allegiance among the audience. But my, you know, I don't have access to the CB stats anymore, but my guess is less than 1% of the people who consume Crossing Broad every day really check this out. And that's okay, right? Like that might be generous. 1% might be generous. All right, fair enough. <laughs> but that's okay. Because the people who are, are the people who, when you go out to and like do a game watch or something, Kyle, like I guarantee you someone watching now will be there. I guarantee you I've met three of the people who are watching are going to listen to this just from random events I've done in the past. Right. Like, and that's okay. But like with all city, so here's, here's my critique to your point about like, why does this work on the radio? Radio is a more passive listening experience. Yes. Like podcasts and radio are ostensibly the same things, but you get in the car, you put the radio on, people are in the habit of putting on sports talk radio they react to what's going on. They fill four hours, but very few people listen to all four hours or even an hour. You listen to 30 minute swaths, right? This is why it's so repetitive, right? Like those of us who are like sitting on the sports internet all day and might have it on in the background, like, oh my God, they repeat themselves every 30 minutes. Well, that's because like, it's not meant for us. It's meant for the guy or girl who's getting in their car for the next 30 minutes. And they're gonna keep just turning the crank on the same topics. If Sports Talk Radio were a podcast, and the reason why podcasts are like 45 minutes to an hour and a half is because you could really go deep on the topic for a little while and then move on. You don't need, it's on demand. You don't need to just repeat yourself. Cable news does the same thing. They talk about the same thing over and over again because it's just, it's like people come in for a window. So I think the format, the way you do sports radio is definitely different from podcasting. To Applying that to, to Philly, um, Russ, you know, you said like they're the athletic of video. The problem is, you know, from a content perspective, this is what I'm speaking to now. From a content perspective, they took a bunch of really talented guys like Bodner and Berman who were really good reporters, guys who cover Kyle Newbeck, right? They do a nice job with written words. You know, their strength is not really podcasting and it's definitely not video. Not mine, by the way. I look like shit. I haven't been on a Zoom call forever. This is terrible, right? Yeah, you, but need, like, you need to get some sleep, bro. 
I sleep. I don't know. The multimillionaire also doesn't have a mic in front of him. <laughs> yeah. Like, we do we point out the hypocrisy of this man critiquing presentation while not even bothering? It's not good. It's not my thing. thing. Right? How, how is me not having a, a mic stand like a critique? Bob Barker, great guy who held a mic. Uh, Drew Carey, great guy who held a mic. Who's critiquing you, you about the mic stand? Oh, I thought you just said the guy I'm holding the mic. I'm talking about the Echo, Captain Echo. Oh, yeah, in the I know. Center you, here. You, come on. You couldn't now. find come his on. mic. He's just, sorry, my fault. I'm working upstairs in the gym too, so there is no, oh. no <laughs> show off. Show off those guns, yeah. sir. What do we? What do we go up to over there? Twenty-five pound, thirty pound dumbbells. Depends on the day. Depends on the day. Depends what's, what, what's the max out dumbbell right now that you have next? There's those Nautilus ones. So you can turn it up. Each each one can go up yeah. to fifty. So right, how, how many times are we get into fifty? What's that? How many times uh, are we getting to fifty a week? Forty. I'll do forties for various right. things. Yeah. Feeling big? All right, good. I like that. But anyway. But, but so, like, they they took guys who are writers and they made them video guys, which I don't think is a great content play. The video's not good. You can't talk about one team for an hour a day, five days a week. So I don't understand. I just don't understand that. I don't think that works at the local level. When you do sports talk like that, the reason why half the people hate Mike Missanelli or Anthony Gargano or Skip Bayless or Stephen A. Smith, it's entertainment. Those guys are meant to piss you off and have some crazy ass hot take that people are going to react to, but it's entertaining. They have personality. These guys, and I include myself here, I'm better at writing stuff on the internet than I am sitting here talking to you guys, right? But like, it's a different skill set. So they're taking people who are good at X and trying to have them do Y. So I don't think the content works. I also think you would need millions of monthly views to sell enough advertising to Chickies and Pete's to make $120,000 a month for them to break even on just the video side. Now, there is a written website, so these guys still get 50, 60% of their time to write. There's nothing particularly novel about it. It's just like, like it's unfocused. You got Derek Bodner is going to be appearing next to maybe Anthony Gargano, who's going to be appearing next to Jamie Lynch, who is a radio producer, and they're all writing and doing video. And it's like the athletic at least knew what it was. I, I think their business model, like ultimately the math didn't work, but like the content was good. They had the best beat writer for every team. And that was their strategy. We're going to have the best coverage. And like, that made sense. If these guys were hired a bunch of really talented on camera people and they tried to be like bar school live, Fun might not work, but like I get it. But it's just everything. We're gonna take a radio guy and put him next to Derek Bodner, and he's gonna talk. And Anthony might write like it. It's so unfocused. I don't know what it is. And you need millions of views, millions of impressions to make ad dollars. Well, what nice. works for them in Denver, the way I understand it, is they turned it into a bar because these guys were local in Denver. And so they had a home field advantage. They were able to do events and tailgates and road trips and then open a bar. I guarantee you that's where they made money. And I, I'm sure they made betting affiliate money when every site on the internet was making betting affiliate money in 2020 and 2021. And that's harder now. So I think they made that money. They got the events money. They got a VC firm to give them five to $8 million and say, Hey, we can do this in a million cities. Forgetting about the fact that they're, I think their home field advantage and like that window of peak betting revenue, particularly in Colorado in 2021, like made those numbers look better than what you're going to be able to repeat. That's all. Maybe it works. Maybe they're just better at, um, I think they're just spending VC money and hoping it works. And I don't think it's going to work is my bottom line. 
Well, and that's that's the thing, though, right? Like, it doesn't have to be insanely profitable right now if the play is to do what the athletic did, which is expand, 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 raise VC money, sell. And if yeah, the athletic, I think their sale was like way less than they wanted, and like it, probably it was, just but back their investors. And those guys were so diluted at that point too that I can't imagine that they walked away with a a massive, massive payday. Like they probably initially hoped they would. I think that like if I had to put money on it right now, my guess is that they're going to want to expand into two or three other markets at least, probably by the end of 2025, and then field offers at that point. I think that's I think that's where this is heading, and see if they can get two x or three x whatever their most recent offer was to acquire the entire network, and like that's not bad. And for for those investors, like that'll see a nice return, and like you can look at it and say, hey, it's a multifaceted approach. You hope that a couple of regional sports networks die, and die they will. Um, here's the problem. So here's the problem with that end, right? Because I I totally can envision a scenario where they sit there. And they say, hey, the RSNs are going to die and we're going to take over. That all assumes that the teams won't go in-house with their own coverage. And I can tell you for certain that there are multiple teams, not, not necessarily in this market, but are in other markets across different leagues that are already approaching how do we bring our own coverage in-house? Whether that's doing their pre- and post-game shows through their own sites and social media channels, whether that's partnering with an affiliate, like a partnering with Peacock to put the games on Peacock or to put the games on Apple TV. Do we see what the MLS model was of expanding into Apple TV and having all out-of-market games available to everyone across the country? Do we see a league start to push to go more that way? Then you don't need the RSNs. At some point, that will become a thing. And so if their play here short term is let's try to be there for when the RSNs fail in the next two years, they have to hope that the leagues or the teams haven't already beaten them to the punch because that's where the actual money is in all of this. So I I just don't. But but let let me play counter for a sec, right? So I don't know if that is where the money is. Why can't I stay centered? Why is this? You're supposed to just hold your head still. <laughs> you don't have like the iPad thing doing the weird tracking, Captain no, Apple. All right, no, you I have just... a swivel chair. It's, it's very difficult yeah. right now. Um, so here's the problem. So a, if you're talking about just like being a really good like video replacement to like post game live and all, which I, you know is I think makes sense. Problem is you hired a bunch of writers to do it, right? Like it worked for Daily News Live, but I think that thing was like so unique that like that's never going to be replicated ever again. Yeah. But, you know, the, the old sports writers roundtable on ESPN, whatever. I don't think that's going to work. Um, but fine. Let's say they're doing it. They hired a bunch of writers who that's not their strength to do it. So I think that's error number one. To your point on the regional sports networks, they don't. The reason all, they've laid off all of the on-air talent, pretty much, with the exception of, like, Michael Barkan and Amy Fadul, is because it didn't make money outside of, of the game. It wasn't worth it. These regional sports networks and ESPN were successful because every single person with a cable package in the United States, in the case of ESPN, or in Philadelphia, in the case of NBC slash Comcast, was paying between 3 and $10 a month of their cable bill was going to the Comcast Sportsnet. So your grandma, Kyle, 
um, when she had cable 15 years ago, maybe she was or wasn't watching Phillies games, but if she had cable, she was paying $7 a month, $6 a month, whatever it was to NBC Philly. The reason these things are struggling now is because 60, 70% of households are now, now the cable plan, whereas it used to be like 90 plus. So they're not getting a free tax on every household in the thing. So they're in the market. So they're laying people off. They don't make that much money in advertising outside of it. It was essentially free money. I think the only reason they have pre and post game shows is because people will tune in for the games. That's where the value is. That's even getting harder and the regional sports networks are struggling, but at least there's enough people who tune in a little early or stick around a little late that they get enough eyeballs. And if you get 130,000 households watch the Phillies game, maybe a fifth of those stick around to watch the first 20 minutes of post game live and you got a whole ad sales team and you can break even, right? That's really the game. Trying to do that on the internet and get a hundred, I'm sorry, like 30, 40,000 eyeballs on a post game show, unless you're really good at it, is effectively impossible. Uh, it's just too fragmented. So like you're not picking up the, the people who are watching the game aren't just John Crucking into your show, right? Like here's the broadcast, here's John Cruck. Next thing we know, we're at Bar Pan's desk. Like how did that even happen, right? That doesn't work with this. You know, never mind. They have the the old Sixers Outsiders model where you'd be like on your computer typing something and be like, oh, fuck, Sixers Outsiders is on shit. Right. Like, and, but like to, to that point, that was a separate show, but the costs were so low that it was like, it was a camera they mailed to, uh, who was it who did Sixers? It's Crystal Tyrone. and uh, Tyrone. Right. You know, they mailed him a camera and said, you don't even have to iron your shirt. Just sit here and talk about the Sixers at midnight and we could get 400 people to watch. Like, you know, and it, it didn't, it wasn't good. And this isn't like, that's the thing. It's just, I get what you're saying, Ross, but like, I don't think you're replacing regional sports networks. Teams are going to broadcast their games and you're right. They're going to have their own post game show. And it's going to be this, Ricky Vitalico will do a post game show in 10 years, but it will be on phillies.com. So what, what, What's next for, for this Philly sports local marketplace? Do we all just take a share of the pie? Do we all just hope, you know, the Supreme Court passes another law that we can sell our uh, business to uh, a company overseas? Like, what what do we do? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I what mean, else can they make legal? Nothing's nothing's really changed. Drugs? If you look, if, <laughs> <laughs> on Philly, in Philly, it is kind of legal, I'll, right? It's I'll shuck way. some LSD. I'll shuck some marijuana. I'm not above that. I mean, here's here's the truth, though, right? If if we look at this from like a, a from a macro standpoint, let's take this from a three thousand foot three thousand foot land. And two things can be true. Um, if if we look at it, everything that was at the athletic minus Matt Gelb has now shifted to this new thing. So, like in terms of Except the landscape, this video. yeah. Well, no and, one's and watching. So like in terms of the the landscape of Philadelphia sports, nothing's really changed. So, like, there's nothing that's being done that's, like, revolutionary. There's nothing that is being done that hasn't been done before. Um, I don't exactly – I don't see a path here to them having this, like, massive market share more so than what The Athletic had other than the fact that, like, in theory, some of the content's free versus, like, paying an upcharge to be, like, a loyalty member. So, like, I don't necessarily think all that much changes. I think that any time – and I'll, I, I would say this, you know, even about – what Crossing Broad tried to do in like the 2.0 phase. Like anybody who would try to sell you on the notion, and Kyle didn't do this, but like anybody who tries to sell you on the notion that like, 
we're going to do sports like it's never been done before. It's bullshit. The whole thing's bullshit. There's only so much you can do. Video's one, audio's one, writing is one. You wanna do live events? You can do that. You wanna do merch? You can do that. But it all comes back to the same thought and the same reality. There are only so many things you can do and there is no way to reinvent this. I will say that the thing that I think really screwed them and like, they'll be fine. And again, I wish nothing but the best for the people who chose to work over there. I don't. I think that they're all, I would almost guarantee you every one of the people who who got hired there in a meaningful role is making more money than they were making at the athletic or their prior employer. Some are probably making far too much, go, but that's, that's not, that it's not, it's not my, not my checkbook, but their problem is that they built this thing with Gargano thinking that he would be ready at launch and he's not. And if you were really trying to take advantage, you know, like there's that idea of in a business hitting them with like a tsunami or hitting with a really strong first wave and then down the line having a second wave. Gargano to me, could he be a second wave that brings some more energy in? Yeah, but if that's the case, then he shouldn't have been on the coming soon on the launch video because they, they in, a, in essence, undercut the excitement that would surround it. Instead, you're going, oh, well, where is he? And that comes to the legality that surrounds this. Like, you don't want to launch a new market and have litigation, and that's where they're at right now because Gargano was tasked with building the team or at least offering significant input into who the team would be, and that was months ago while he's been under contract with Beasley Media. And so... You know, it doesn't matter which way you go about it. Kincaid, you know, wrote stuff up about it. But, like, you can't go into this with somebody who's under contract elsewhere, not have done the due diligence to read what his current contract is to make sure that he will be free and clear. And then, like, as you go to launch, have to keep pushing it off as you wait so that you can hope that he can launch, like, with it and then find out, well, no, he can't. Like, it, it is, it's honestly insane to me that they thought that was a good idea he probably should have known better to some extent, but like, I, I'm not surprised that Beasley's now kind of try to drag this. Devon Givens is off until November because he's on a non-compete. Like this, this kind of thing. I, I don't know, man. Like again, when, even if you, when, when yeah. do you see Gargano? Like if I were Beasley and I had the money, I would let Gargano sit at home until the contract's up in 2024 or 25, whatever it was. I would pay him to stay home. I'd go old pro wrestling style in the Attitude Era, pay the guy to stay home because there's nothing worse for a talent than for them to be out of the spotlight and for them to be unable to do their job. And and if it were me and I knew that this guy had spent months building a team and was going to leave me and leave my station, which by the way is in dire need of like advertising money that he brings and also just like on-air talent in a lot of ways – if, if I were Beasley and I had the money to do it, I would pay for him to stay home and I would let him rot there, even at the, you know, adverse financial ramifications to having to do it. Russ, though, this pres- presumes that the uh, Anthony and Devon are going to be the two radio guys who are the exception to the rule, which is you leave radio and all of a sudden, like, that works on the internet. And again, Anthony's shtick is like comfort food. You put the radio on, da bo, you know, Charles Barkley, feet five fo, the Sixers. Oh, bo. I'm getting sued, Bo. Right? Like that. You know, I don't think that works on the internet. 
and, you know, and like Gargano's a good radio guy. This isn't knocking him as a radio guy, but I think the minute you put him on a pod, a podcast, an hour long show, just the for, the type of content is different on the internet. I think they're banking on his sponsors. Bro- but, Broads, Broads d- does well on the internet. He does. Broads, but Broads went the other way. Like I think Broads was like a YouTube native guy, and he had such a he's got like such a good what? boisterous personality that like it made his style made sense for sports talk radio. But, I'm but he went the other way. And Burns also isn't the reason that that show in the afternoon was a flaming dumpster. No, no, no. no. But what I'm saying is he's a boisterous personality that does the thumbnails, you know, stuff that you would see kind of. Gargano's not doing the thumbnails. Gargano doesn't prepare for his radio show. He's not going to prepare for a podcast. So he's going to show up right at five minutes before it's time to do that. And he's going to riff on the Sixers for an hour. And there's going to be 162 people watching. Right. And. These guys are going to say, uh-oh, you know, Primo's came along as a sponsor, but Primo's was getting 30,000 impressions every time Anthony mentioned his hoagie on the radio. And when he mentions it on the stream, he's getting 162 impressions. That's ultimately what matters here. And so I think it's in a, like, again, the content's fine. Like this business could work. I just don't think this business works when you have 22 employees. That's that's where I'm coming at it from. Like they're not reinventing anything. Here's 1600 words from Charlie O'Connor. Here's the 1600 word blog post from Charlie O'Connor about Aaron Nola. Fine. I'm sure it's a good blog post, right? But again, that's the traffic on this and the videos isn't going to support 20 full-time people in a single market. Cause like you're capped at how big the traffic could be. It just, Again, unless they just host all their own events and they make $15,000 a week by hosting $100 tailgates and they get however many hundreds of people to show up and then they do a road trip a month and you could profit like between 10 and 15,000 on each of these. But now you're an events company and like Derek Bodner and Zach Berman, who were pure journalists, are working for an events company. And like I could I could see the friction coming from a mile away there when it's like these guys aren't going to give a shit about the content because they know they can get 300 people to turn out to a game watch. And these guys are going to go somewhere so they can be a journalist again. Is there time is a chance, Is there any chance you see all city being tied up in litigation and then just being like, you know what? We got to wipe our hands clean of Gargano. That's where I, 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 that's where I, that's I, where I see. Go. Yeah. I don't know enough specifics. I mean, well, I, don't I don't know enough specific, specifics, but like they already know that like he's building this team. He tried to poach at least nine people. They're pretty pissed off. I mean, they're they. I mean, they have WMMR. They have the, the country station. They still have the fanatic, no matter what people are saying, they're trying to potentially target someone from ESPN. I wouldn't be surprised if it was well, the Gandhi, maybe. Um, if I'm an investor, yeah. right? Like, so they had, you know, some venture capital firm, Someone said five, someone said it got up to 8 million. So, you know, they got millions of dollars from a, a VC firm, right? And they're going to spend probably 1.5 this year, at least in Philly, just like back of the envelope, if not more, right? So you figure do that in a couple of cities. If they're making a profit elsewhere, they got a long runway. Otherwise you get like two years to get this model to work because you multiply by three or four cities, whatever it is. Um, I invested in uh, Matthew Berry's fantasy life thing. By all accounts, they're doing really well, right? But you know, my first question was like, what are you guys using the money for? And it's like, well, we're going to acquire more subscribers and we're going to hire really good people to have the best fantasy football website on the internet. Boom, straightforward, right? I would be pissed if they had to use some of that money 
or anything you invested in, had to use some of that money to defend a lawsuit because you were poaching a guy who probably isn't worth the well into, you know, two, three, four hundred thousand dollars you probably got to pay Anthony Gargano, right? Like that's where if I'm all, if I'm the investors in these guys, I'm like, you got to just let this guy go. He's too expensive. And now we got a lawsuit and we got to pay $800 an hour for a, you know, for a law firm just to bat this back for a few weeks. Like there, there's a flip side though. There, there's a flip side to that though. So let's go back to your point about the live events and the live events being the thing that's going to draw money. Gargano's beloved by a lot of people in the city. And if you're going out of your way to spend a hundred dollars on a tailgate thing, and you know, the Gargano is going to be there shaking hands, shooting the shit, talking sports. I, if it were me and I, I wouldn't pay money to go talk to any of these fine folks about sports, but that's just me. Um, I'd be more likely, I think, to want to pay to go have Gargano hype up a crowd and to like maybe take a picture with the cuz than I would be to like go talk to, I don't know, pick whoever from the writing staff. And it's just me. Like, and, and I could be wrong, but I think that's why they're so committed. Then why like, do you need and, all and, the writers? Like that's the well, that's, that's I mean, that's the thing. That's why, you know, you can make the argument that it's too scattershot, right? And it like is. it's entirely I think it's a, an entirely fair thing. Make it to so let let me give you this. I think that the I'll be very careful. I didn't sign an NDA though, so what do I care? Um the 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 interesting thing to me months ago was you're presenting this company as being dynamic and new and all this, and the roles that they were hiring were very traditional. Beat writer, second beat writer, person who sits in studio and does 82 pre and post games, person who does, you know, the the show that's in flux during the week. And to me, I sat back and thought, like, it's very strange. And Kyle, I think I said this to you a few times, but like, I think it's very, very strange that you would create a company that's supposed to be cutting edge and yet limit yourself to very archaic roles. And so, like, I just, I don't know. The, the concept, I think, is there. I think it'll work to some extent. Again, I don't think it's going to revolutionize anything. The Gargano piece of this is just like so interesting to me because. There, you know, Kincaid even wrote about in the thing, and this had been going around for a while that Gargano was trying to potentially try to get all city to partner with 97.5. Would that have been that they would have provided the syndicated content that goes on the 97.5 website, akin to what we tried to do with Crossing Broad in 2018, 2019? I still Maybe. remember sitting in their offices with our outline, like, hey, yep. we can write better than your midday afternoon producer's blog post that doesn't have periods or commas and it's just a bunch of run-on sentences. It's like, we could do your content. That never went anywhere. Yep. So, um, like, I don't know if that was, if that, and that, honestly, if that was the thought, it's interesting, but, like, it wasn't going to happen. So, I don't know. I I don't know where that's going to settle. I, I think it's actually one of the more intriguing stories in like the Philly media landscape in the last decade is how this ends up settling because I don't see a scenario where Gargano doesn't end up there. But at the same time, like if, if I were Beasley, I would not under any circumstances let him out of that deal early, or I would at least make it wait until the Eagle season's over. Like good luck launching, you know, next June or something, you know, weeks after the Sixers have once again, like lost in the second round. You know, like there you go. There's your big moment. You know what I mean? Like, What's your thing, I certainly, I certainly want to let want to let him go and like have a football season 
you know, I, I, I just, I don't see the point. Yeah. Finish it up, That's the list. Like, that's the other thing. It's like, you got three Sixers guys when, you know, the Sixers were hot in like 2016, you know, Bodner, Newbeck, everyone was like so interested in the Sixers. They, there was a lot to talk about and it was like truly organic because they were, you know, a 10 win team or whatever it was. But now like, you know, they're, I mean, like, there's a lot of malaise there. So like you got three Sixers guys and zero Phillies guys. And you could argue, I mean, right there with the Eagles, if the Phillies go on another October run, they're the hottest team in the city. And you got nobody to cover. But I agree with you, Russ. I don't think there's anything particularly novel about the content and that's fine. It doesn't have to be. I think what to them is novel that it's like a culture and lifestyle site that has events and has bars and has that. But like, I don't, you know, again, but you hired a bunch of writers to do that. So like, how does that work? I don't know. My hey, take. Well, before, before you go, Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, potentially 100% confirmed by Jason Kelsey that they are hanging out. You're a big T Swift fan. Huge. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, honestly, like I just, I hate to see her run through guys like this. Like she's a pretty good catch. Right, I look out I think for her. Kind of a psychopath, Kyle. I think we can chalk her up that she's probably got a little psychopath in her. I think that's fair to say. She's run through look. a lot. Of, if this was, if this was a dude, he'd be a man whore. Like, let's be honest. Like, Taylor Swift's dated a lot of people in her day. Yeah, but what? If, what's her song? If I was the man, right? If I was the man, right? Like Leo down in San Tropez, right? So, like you know, like people think Leo's cool and like they knock her, but like she's pretty normal for as famous as she is. Like, I'm sure on a relative scale of like, you know, just dudes like us, like she's not normal in person, but like compared to, she's in the pantheon of uh, Lady Gaga, Madonna, Michael Jackson, right? Like some real strange folks, right? She seems pretty grounded. Her parents, I think, intentionally go with her. I just wish the girl would find love. I do. She seems like a good catch. This isn't a, this isn't the guy that Taylor Swift finds love with. This is I mean, she's I, never she's never dated an athlete. She dates twinks. She dates B-list uh, celebrities. Oh, well, in that case, she, is Aaron Nola married? Because if not, that that could be a good. A he good did target. just get married. He did just get married this year. Mm-hmm. I apologize. I'm sorry, Russ. Um, and That's she dates shame. music producer. She doesn't date athlete she can't she's never once dated a champion she likes guys that she can put her thumb down on and be like i'm more successful than you i'm better than you i'm richer than you and i'm better what what i do with you i think travis kelsey kind of goes toe-to-toe with her so maybe that will work but we're talking about an all pro oh he turns he turns absolutely this is where my there is no there is absolutely no chance that he's going toe-to-toe he he's gonna cave he is a two-time Super Bowl champion, three-time Super Bowl appearances. We're talking like 800 to a billion people watching every single Super Bowl. He's played on three continents, only two continents less than she's played on. Yes. Has she has she have a does she have a billion dollar tour? Of course. Does he get thrown to by the billion dollar quarterback, the golden boy? They are on primetime every single year. I'm not saying like he's in this same level as Taylor Swift, but these people who are living in this lavender haze and this ivory tower of, of Taylor Swift are just like totally just discounting Travis Kelsey. And now that Travis Kelsey is linked to her, he's <laughs> technically like such a global this icon. Is, well, this is, this is the most, most ridiculous argument you could have. She made. is arguably the most famous person in the world. 
It's like, like it's like Taylor Swift, Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo. I like mean, she's Michael. And now by association, he's one of the most famous people in the world. He's no. not. He he's is not. not. He's a so, if this were last if week, this were like been associated with her. If thirty-five-year-old no, or thirty-seven-year-old Tom Brady were available right now, I mean, I know that he is, but he's Fair. older. But if he were like thirty-seven and like coming off another Super Bowl win, I, you could have very much the case that you're trying to make now would have been a lot more valid. Yes, Kyle but, Scott, though, so, investor in a in a fantasy football community, totally underestimating the global fantasy football community that did draft Travis Kelsey top five, top 10. And there are a lot of men out there that are relying on a, on a uh, fantasy football championship with, with Travis so Kelsey. So in the United 100%. States, Kyle, I'm looking at Google trends over the last, let's do the past 12 I months. The, I hate the Google trends. Can you, can you, can you share you your screen? It works. You don't right? incorporate show your work. You don't Jay incorporate SGs. It, so he doesn't, when you compare the, their two names, Taylor Swift versus Travis Kelsey, right? She has the misspelling of her name has more traffic than his than his search by like sixty eight to one margin. Okay, so like if you and that's just in the United States. If you were to do this worldwide, it's it's like a hundred to one. I, I like don't you can't fathom how famous she is. I and don't. That's fine. She's never going to find someone who's as big as as him. So I'm with you. Like at least she found someone who's like. Well, yes, like, uh, like people keep. I don't think he's the right guy for her. If you I presented a list of face. like comparable targets right now, it would just be a big blank space. Stop with the puns. What are you, rich fucking Eisen? No, I like it better when she had a London boy. Like, I think she needs a British guy. But he's oh. the, what the, the the bassist from 1975 or the lead singer from 1970. Like, she dated like Tom Hiddleston, who like if you don't do um, the Avengers or whatever, I, like I don't, I don't know who Tom Hiddleston is. Like, can I be honest? I think she needs a business guy. Like she's business savvy. She needs like a billionaire, thirty-six-year-old oligarch billionaire. No, like like self-made billionaire. She needs an Alexis Ohanian. That's who. Oh, like, well, Serena's got him. What about Michael Rubin? Hey, forty-year-old <laughs> billionaire <laughs> who can't I mean, who can't make a jersey straight. Imagine, smart. imagine she dates Michael Rubin, and all of her uh, merch gets printed by fanatics. It's all tilted. She would have someone's head, without a doubt. She would never let that shit happen. And you're, no, you're a big happen. Ruben guy, too. Me? Kyle yeah, you're a big Ruben guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I am. I got to say, though, like, it's not just the tilted jerseys. People are, it's taking eight weeks to deliver these things. Like, their delivery timelines are absurd. This is what happens when you get a monopoly, by the way. Like, they do now have, I'd say, an official monopoly on sports apparel. Because no matter where you buy your stuff from, whether it's the team, Amazon, whatever, it's usually coming from Fanatics Fulfillment Center. They really do have a monopoly. And you should be able to get jerseys to people sooner than eight weeks, whether they're crooked or not. And now they print a lot of Nike sports apparel. So like, even when you buy a Nike Phillies t-shirt, I'm guessing it comes from Fanatics. Like their customer service by all accounts stinks. And Ruben gets a pass on that. Also like, too much Ozempic for Ruben. He looks, <laughs> but he, I do, I do appreciate him actually coming out and like doing a statement, being like, "I am from Philly. I've really like pissed off a lot of people from Philly, so I will release a statement." And we do love Fanatics because we partner with Fanatics on the sports betting side, and we think they are great sports betting partners. If you sign up today and you're a new customer, you get hundred and fifty dollars of credit to the Fanatics store. 
Get That's not true. No, nope, nope, you don't. See, and this is where content and commercial. No, well, that's go not ahead. true. What do, what do we get? What, like, points, when, oh, when, well, when was that going to get Don't sign up for email. Email. You're going to go on a sports conversation. Points has up to $1,000 in second chance bets. You can get that through crossingbroad.com. Kyle, I appreciate you coming on. We'll see if you're right. We'll see if you're wrong. How long do you, how long, how long until you know if you're right or if you're wrong on, uh, I keep wanting to call it fly, but it's Philly on, uh, on this thing. We get a year, year and a half. I mean, if I was, if I was betting the bet I would make, I would take like even odds that like all the main guys they hire are not employed there in three years and have different jobs or other jobs. Like that would be. Okay. And the incestual Philly sports media just continues. And they'll bounce back. Someone will go to Philly voice. Someone will probably come to crossing broad. Someone will go to NBC Philly. Someone will go to the Inquirer. Someone will go to whatever the next startup is. Okay. Save that clip for like 2026 or whatever. Yeah. When when Travis Kelsey's a global icon up there with Taylor Swift. I mean, if he could tame her, I mean, it would be something. I just don't think. I don't think, I think she's going to that, That's face. very misogynistic, I don't think Kyle she can, I don't think he can, she can tame him, dude. He's a whore. Now, Dude, Travis Kelsey, without a doubt, would be under her thumb. He would be the ultimate, you know, big guy that you're like, yeah, he's going to be assertive. And like, she's, he, the ball that he carries on Sunday, the, he can carry that ball because she'll have his balls in her purse for the next, <laughs> you know, six days. All right. I, I, don't I mean, know. that in a very don't... nice, loving way. But like she's absolutely going to dominate now, that I, relationship. I feel like he's he used to be like you know the whole catching Kelsey reality show and everything, and he was on SNL and everything. I think he was more in the entertainment when he was like coming up. I think now that he's got like this podcast, he's number one. He gets to sit at his house and like just talk into a mic and make hundreds of thousands of dollars. I think he'd rather just like kind of chill and sit and like being kind of out the public eye instead of being in the public eye. And I feel like he's just not going to want to go to the award shows. He's not going to want to go to you know sit there. Uh, behind the scenes and, uh, and and rock back and forth as she's uh, as she's dancing on stage. He's going to be awesome at the Grammys. No, I, look, actually watching that documentary, I do think the Kelsey's have a lot of depth. Both those guys like they're yeah. I bet you I'll, I'll say this. He seems a more interesting person than like the surface level C-list celebs she's dated. So I'll, I'll give you that. Like he seems like a genuine dude. Yeah, he's like a little flashy and like, you know, Look at me, but honestly, like I think those, I think the Kelseys have some depth to them as a fan. Who's got a bigger media empire in ten years, the Kelseys or the Mannings? Ooh, that's a good question. I think the Mannings, just because, like, ooh, but that's I think I both. Disagree. Of them, I disagree. I think both agree. I mean, Manning's got like, his own production company. He's like several. Uh, that's fair. Ke- Kelsey Productions. Uh, I don't know. Ninety-two uh, percent of productions. Like they, he can make one. Production I think they reason. Production company is just a like, bigger uh, guy, but like like a bigger personality. But every time I watch a clip of Jason Kelsey, I'm just more surprised by how great he is on a mic, and how like how just down to earth he is. He's like he's the, built himself time. a post playing. You see their house, like. It's it's just like it's like, like is this his house? Like you got a you got a nicer house than the Kelsey's. You do. Yeah, but he he makes oh humble. Oh wow, now we get a humble title shot. Oh my god. But yeah, uh, no, that was weird. That was but good, like down to earth, dude. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Kelsey's gonna ha- have a bigger media empire. I, I think the Kelsey's tomorrow could take over the Manning brothers in the Manning cast, and it would be bigger. Yeah. I don't disagree. I mean, Eli's kind of, 
Yeah. Like Peyton's the talent there. I'm already, I'm kind of already over the manicast. I haven't watched it. Well, I guess we've only been one. Uh, week one was really good. It's really good. All right. Still, yeah. All right. All right, guys. I had one more, but okay. See ya. <laughs> you got anything else? We can cut it short if you don't have anything else. I saw other stuff on the tweet. I'm here. See, I committed. I committed, but we don't do have appreciate to. You. I do can. appreciate you coming. Hey, who do you think is going to next? Uh, who do you think is in the in the driver's seat right now to win the next title in Philly? The Flyers. I like that question actually, because right now people are not believing in the undefeated Eagles. Uh, the Flyers, the very, the very injured. Flyers. Shut the fuck up. The very injured Eagles, and I know last night didn't really uh, didn't really excite people for uh, for the Phillies long term. Lorenzen looks like he stinks. We got Aaron Nola tonight. Could be terrible. Uh, Christopher Sanchez didn't didn't do too terrible, but um, who who would you think the next Philly team that has the best chance to win the title? I don't know, and that's the problem. I know. That's that. I mean, honestly, that is the problem. The we, Eagles, Russ, problem, we could the, go from the, like having one of the greatest twenty twenty twos to having one of the worst twenty twenty threes. No, I wouldn't go there. Well, I no, mean, because I we did lose the, three titles. Here's the thing: the Eagles, the Eagles, despite their flaws, are still two and zero. Um, I always love the people who complain about, yeah, but it, it wasn't pretty or yeah, but they did X, Y, Z wrong. They still won. Like the wins ultimately matter. Like when you're getting to the end of the season, unless you're the number one seed or unless you're up by three games or something for home field advantage, like you get to the end of the season, nobody gives a shit that the first two games were ugly. As long as you got the wins. So I think that the Eagles are still fine. Um, what I do think will be a lot of fun is what happens with Jonathan Taylor. Because Kareem Hunt just signed with Cleveland. And there have been a lot of people who thought that Cleveland might overpay in a trade to go get Taylor from in, from a, from Indianapolis, right? If, if Taylor's made available, and you're the Eagles in, say, another two weeks, and say you're not able to get the running game going the way that you did in week two with Swift, that becomes interesting. Like, I think that the one thing that the Eagles could benefit from is having a workhorse back. Like, I, I understand the idea of running back by committee, but to know that you have somebody who can be dynamic out of the backfield that you could absolutely pound the rock with for three downs if you need to would add another element to this offense. They, they've they looked a little bit out of sorts. You think that, like, maybe something's been exposed uh, that, that teams are exploiting against Jalen Hurts so far to start the season. I still think they're going to be fine. I still think defensively they'll be fine. Um, the Phillies, I don't have, I hate saying it, but like I don't have confidence in the Phillies because of pitching. You know, like you can't, like, I. so I was I was reading the Red October newsletter written by Bob Wankel because it's the best newsletter in town for the Philadelphia Phillies. And like the thing that I came away with after like reading what Bob writes is the offense is playing out of their collective mind. Mm-hmm. How often does that actually happen in a postseason? Like last year, okay, sure. Last year they turned it on. But like, man, to go into an off season where pitching matters more than any time in the in the uh, season, uh, I, I don't feel good about the staff. And knowing that Nola is going to be at best a third starter or somebody who's going to make the entire Delaware Valley want to rip their hair out or whatever's remaining on some heads, I can't I can't say that the Phillies are next. The Sixers, I have absolutely no faith in at all. I will not. I love basketball. Basketball is my favorite sport other than soccer. But to watch basketball is my favorite sport. And the Sixers have killed my love of basketball and my belief in this team.
They have not done a good job of building a cohesive roster. And there is absolutely nothing right now that gives me the feeling that they're going to be anything better than a first or maybe second round exit. So do you, do you, do you pull a Kincaid and say the union? I mean, oh, I, guess no, I wasn't even thinking of the union. I mean, I get if I, if, if you said to me right now, who wins first, the union technically are the closest in terms of timeline because I don't think the Phillies can do it. So I'd say the union, if we're going by the big four, I have no clue. It should be the Eagles. The flyers are at least three years away from having a relatively competent team. But man, it, it is brutal to think about where we were this time last year and where we are right now. And there are wanna, so many uncertainties. I want to hit your Eagles point again about Jonathan Taylor. Would you, would you take 75% of Jonathan Taylor's production? Because what I really am thinking about when I think of Jonathan Taylor is I don't, I don't think they're going to trade him to a team without him having a long-term deal. I, I know that he doesn't have, I don't think he has a no trade clause. I know there's not a lot in, in, uh, in, in the NFL. There might not be any, but I really don't think him and his agent and a team will take a risk on them unless they're getting some kind of long-term deal. Now Eagles, that would benefit because, Hey, we can't sign a long-term deal. Colts, you got nothing. All right. We're going to do, you know, one year of this guy and then we'll pick it up in the, uh, in the off season. And we all know how he doesn't like to certain, sign uh, running backs to a long term but would you take 75 percent of jonathan taylor's production or are you kind of like the Bijan? we had this conversation me and kev about the Bijan robinson argument where it's like hey if they want to draft him top 10 but this this offense is already so good that how much better can they really be can they be three points better than the chiefs or name you know a super bowl contender right now because and there's sorry i'm adding on a couple more questions there are right now are probably only four teams that I can see winning the Super Bowl. I would say the Cowboys, the 49ers, the Chiefs, the Eagles, and maybe the Dolphins. So I, I named five. And if you want to take the Cowboys out of there because they well, always choke, that's fine. Uh, well, you, there, there are a few things you can rule out right away. The Dolphins will not because Tua inevitably will get hurt, which is a shame because I like what Miami's put together. But Tua is injury prone, has actual concussion issues. And like until the day comes that he makes it through an entire season healthy, I, I you can't tie your, your wagon to the Dolphins. The Cowboys are always, you know, they're always there. They're always a, you know, a, a theoretical threat. Dak Prescott has never won a significant playoff game. He does not perform when the chips are down. The defense looks great two weeks in. They'll probably look really good by week 14. And then it becomes nut crunching time. And guess what? The Cowboys never do it. And until they do it, you can't believe that they're going to do it. So you can take them off. The 49ers are fine. The 49ers have a legitimate chance. And if I were Philadelphia, I would not want to go to San Francisco in an NFC championship game. And that's about as far as it goes. If you get home field advantage, I like the Eagles chance. Assuming health, I like the Eagles' chance against San Francisco at home. But the, the one good bit of news, if you're an Eagles fan, is like, I don't see a ton of elite teams in the NFC in general. You know? And, and in fact, in a lot of ways, if you look across the league, just in terms of like where teams have fallen after two weeks, there are some actual good teams that are 0-2 right now that are likely not going to have home field advantage in, in like, say, even the AFC. It doesn't matter as much for the Eagles. 
But like you look at a Chargers team, you mm -hmm. look at the Bengals, right? I don't think anybody was thinking that the Chargers were going to come out of the AFC. But I think people expected them to take another step. 0-2 is bad. The Bengals were supposed to be, you know, mm -hmm. as good of a threat to win the AFC as anyone else. 0-2. Tough hole to crawl out of. You certainly can. But it's not like Kansas City is going to lose four or five games this year, right? When you look at the NFC, you've got the Cowboys in your division. The Giants suck. The Commanders suck. I don't care the fact that the Commanders have two wins. Again, you have to prove that you are what history has shown that you are. You have to prove that you're not that anymore. They might be relatively competent, but I don't think they're a great team. The Rams, do we get excited about the Rams? No, Matt Stafford's shoulder is going to fall off. Does, does anybody fear the Seahawks? Does anybody really believe in the Packers? The Lions were very close to being 2-0. and Minnesota's a fraud. The whole the whole South Division sucks. So if you're an Eagles fan, you know that you're inevitably going to have to run into some combination probably of Dallas and San Francisco. And you hope that by the time you get there, when it actually matters, Howie's gone out and fortified the team with what they need. I would say that like aside from having to trade multiple firsts, I, I would do what it takes to try to get a Jonathan Taylor because I think to your point about does that get you three points better than the Chiefs, I think that that versatility and that ability, that threat out of the backfield that you don't have right now, mm -hmm. consistent threat, that's what takes your team to the next level, and that's what frees up Jalen Hurts in the passing game. So like to me, that's an easy add. That's assets. Those assets might hurt, but at some point you also have to think about how many years do we have with this core of a team, and how many years do we have before – uh, and A.J. Brown does consider leaving or needs a big deal or Devontae Smith needs a big deal. And you have guys on the defensive side of the ball, some who are going to age out, and it looks like you have good reinforcements coming. But, like, at some point it does feel like you kind of push the chips in and you say, mm -hmm. all right, if by the time the trade deadline comes around, this looks like a team that can actually compete for the Super Bowl, you push the chips in and you go out and you get the back. And you get but Robert Quinn. Big deadline deal last year. Big deadline. Oh deal. man! One more thing on the on the on the fills. Going back to that, yeah, I just I'm not I'm not feeling great. I mean, this this hitting was great, but we saw it in the uh, in the World Series last year. The hitting just just went to shit. Now, obviously, you got Trey Turner, three hundred million dollar man, and uh, batting second instead of that black hole Reese Hoskins. Um, but the pitching really. Thompson pressed all the right buttons with the pitching last year. The pitching came yeah. through a lot. Aaron Nola, not really. But, I mean, the pitching in the bullpen came through. And this bullpen, besides Jeff Hoffman, I believe in absolutely nobody. The good thing is Michael Lorenzen is a crazy person, so I do think he – he I think losses – he's the anti-Aaron Nola. I think losses actually do bother him. I wouldn't be surprised if there was one or two TVs in that hotel room last night that were beat to shit because uh, he was pissed off that he gave up that many runs. So I think he will always turn around. I think he's got a second gear. He's got a weird level. He's got a weird, weird brain. He's also up to, uh, I don't think he's pitched a hundred innings in a, in a while. He's up to that. Um, yeah, I just, I, I think if I had to answer my own question, I would have to go Eagles because I just really, really, really do not believe in this Phillies team unless they're scoring like six, seven runs a game. And Which you're just not going to do in the playoffs. No, not when you're playing. And if you do, by the way, if you do, like clip this, you know, all the people in the comments, like clip this, all right? I don't think the Phillies are going to score seven runs a game in the playoffs en route to a World Series, but I would love to be wrong. That would be great. But if I they do, you know, here's but if they do, here's the thing though. 
we we can probably be pretty confident that Wheeler, who, by the way, I've said since his signing was the ace of the Phillies staff, has continued to be the ace of the staff. We assume that he's going to pitch like an ace in the postseason. If by some divine intervention, the first ever professional athlete to be endorsed or to be a spokesperson for my hometown, Yingling Brewery, finally pulls his head out of his ass, Aaron Nola, if he were to show up, if we could just for two months take the embodiment, the personification of everything that Anthony Sanfilippo has written about Aaron Nola, if we could take the passion and the fervor for which Anthony Sanfilippo has defended Aaron Nola, you don't understand what you got here. He's a great ace. He's a top 10 pitcher in the league. Give the man $280 million. If you could take that and bottle that passion up and bottle all that talent and take whatever that is supposed to be for Aaron Nola and replace the guy who actually sucks. If you could replace that for two months, well, then I would say the Phillies have a better chance of winning the next championship. But until then, live who's update, your number two? Live update, Phillies 2-0 right now in the bottom of the third. So wow. far, so good for a good Aaron wow. start, but we are coming to that RAV fourth inning, and that RAV fourth inning is bearing down on us right now. Well, let's not forget that this is my, by the way, this is my favorite thing. When Anthony and I get in fights about Aaron Nola, which I try not to do anymore because I just feel bad for him at this point. It's kind of like when you argue with your like grandparent who's like starting to slip a little bit. Um, he'll be like, well, you know, you look at you look at his whip. You look at the on-base. And I, and I go, okay, he doesn't allow a lot of hits. That is true. However, the hits that he does allow are the ones that go over the fence that that weird guy catches. Okay? That's the problem. If he were just allowing singles, it wouldn't matter. But the hits that he does, they make the guys go around all four bases. Okay? So until he stops doing that, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What's your prediction, by the way? What does Aaron Nola get in the offseason? And from whom? It ain't going to be here. So who, who's going to give it to him? Oh, fuck. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be an overpay. He's the number one pitching prospect right now. <laughs> he is. I mean, Otani... Shredded yeah, his elbow. He can't, yeah, he can't pitch next year. Urias hit somebody, so he's going to be out of the league. Um, and then there's another guy. That's the who second I, time I think that he's had a domestic. Uh, yeah, so he's he might never play bad. again. Um, five years, because he's what thirty now, or is he thirty one? I don't know. I think he's thirty. Good time for Craig though, behind the scenes, to look that one up. Drop it in the private chat. Paid. He's paid so much money. So you're doing five uh, five years. Five years. One fifty? Thirty million a year? No. Wow. You think he's only gonna get thirty a year? Wow. He wanted two hundred. He did. <laughs> so he really, wanted over two hundred. I think he wanted over two hundred. He'd be losing on ten million a year. Yeah, I mean Do you think he's I lost think, ten million a year this season? I, I wouldn't I mean I I I would not pay him. I mean I, I know, know. that. I know that we look at this and we say like, hey, he's the best free agent pitcher available. That doesn't mean he's worth the contract somebody's going to give him. Just because the market would indicate that someone will overpay, you don't have to be that someone. You know? So it's the only car on the lot. It was the best car on the used car lot. Yeah, but it only has three wheels. Yeah, but the only other ones only had one or two. Well, it still only has three wheels. That's where you're at, right? So- the funny thing will be he'll go to an AL team, maybe like the Rangers or something. He'll light it up. It'll be incredible. And then everybody for the first year will go, oh, I couldn't do that here. And then you go, well, 
We watched the ball fly out of the yard so many times. Like, what did you want? So I don't know. You know, next time you got to get Big Bet Bob, get him in to like talk about the prospects or about like some pitching prospect in Venezuela or something. Here's the, Kyle, here's the thing that I've never understood and that I would love to understand. Every year, there are multiple Japanese pitchers, mm-hmm. right, who become like the next thing, the next phenom, right? Mm-hmm. Can we lie to one of those Japanese prospects and tell them that Philadelphia is on the West Coast? Because if we can, if we can, that'd be a quick fix. <laughs> do you think these Japanese agents do not have Google or Bing or whatever the hell is going on out there? We could fabricate. <laughs> we could fa- we'll find Philadelphia, California. There has to be a Philadelphia there somewhere else. Philly. There's a new Philadelphia in there Schuylkill is. County. There has to be an old Philadelphia or something out west. There's a Greg. Palo Alto, Pennsylvania, where I was like born or something. And then there's a Palo Alto, California. There has to be. Okay. That would be great. That'd be swell. I would love that. Hmm. Hmm. No, but seriously, that's the only fast track that you have. And the Phillies are almost never in on those guys. But it would be great if like Middleton would just slap down some of that cash. I'd rather see them take a big swing on like the next thing out of Japan than I would on them spending 30 plus million a year for Aaron Nola. Is how your prediction on what he gets in the offseason? Uh he's gonna get like six years. Wow. Two thirty five. So that'd be around a f- little under the 40 million. Yeah. Holy just under 40. Shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are already reports going out that the Cardinals are targeting him. He could be going to the angels. The angels do love to spend. Um, I mean, <laughs> nothing, nothing would be better than seeing Aaron Nola go out to, to Los Angeles, the Los Angeles angels for the angels to sign him. Another guy that they splash big money down on who will be nothing but a disappointment. And then I can once again sit back and say, Mike Trout made the ultimate loser move by staying with a team that no one gives a shit about. And then eventually, Shohei Otani will leave. I don't know if it'll be this year. He might take a one-year deal, go back, hit the ball out of the yard, prove he can be healthy, and then get a contract when he can pitch in 2025. But I digress. Wouldn't it be funny? Aaron Nola goes out with us. Oh, he'd fit perfectly. They're, they're like, hey, Mike. And like, imagine yeah. they get Shohei back for a year and they go, hey, Shohei, look, we got a new pitcher. That's going to well, be really great. It would be great because like you would remember Mickey Moniak was like hitting the cover off the ball in the beginning of the year. And it was like, mm-hmm. wow, look, Mickey Moniak's batting like 340 right now. Man, we made a yep. mistake. And then you like looked at him against lefties and it was like he's batting like 172 and stuff. Yep. So like it's a perfect like West Coast kind of guy where it's like, oh, my God, Aaron Nola, nine and three. But his like ERA is like 482 or something like that. You're like, holy shit, Aaron Nell is winning some games out there. Look at that guy. Like when you just like the West Coast where you just like don't really dive deep into the stats because the games are on at 10 at night and stuff. He'd be a perfect, perfect West Coast guy. I want to check this really quick for our fine friends who are uh, who are watching on the live stream right now because the Phillies still have a lead. And if you go over to crossingbroad.com and you sign up with DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, the odds right now, because uh, you don't bet on the Phillies on the road against the Braves. The Braves are now plus 154. Plus 154. So. Okay. That might be a good bet. Who knows? Yes. Who's to say? I'm not I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying. So, yeah. Oh, that's slut Castellanos, homer to center. Let's go. He's heating up a little bit. That, that post, by the way, the title of that post was hilarious. I read it out loud to my wife, who is used to seeing the stuff that you put up. She <laughs> cackled and went, wait, what? And then I read the tweets and the tweets, the replies on Twitter were fantastic. I mean, <laughs> from, from the people who are used to reading your stuff 
to the people who are like the typical crossing broad detractors who like haven't read anything since like 2007 who are like, ah, of course, shitty old crossing broad. Yeah. As they're like smoking their Marlboros that they got like out, you know, at a little Wawa somewhere in Delco, you know, out there virtue signaling about, you know, climate change while killing their fucking lungs with cigarettes. You know, that's what they, <laughs> these people do. Anyway, it was fun. They, they're out there complaining the, the, there you go. The replies to the tweet were perfection because like you had some people who have like clearly do not understand anything. And my, oh, where was it there? I think it was in that thread, but somebody was like some like come up with a story where you use the same headline, but on Travis Kelsey and uh, Taylor Swift and see how uh, it goes. It was in our, and, uh, it was in our Slack no, 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 no. It wasn't just there. It was, there was somebody publicly who put that up as well. But, um, Hey, that got engagement. How how many views did that have, by the way, Craig? Can you go up really quick? I'm gonna see how many uh, how many views that tweet got. Five hundred eighty-two thousand. So, just for perspective, and then we could put a bow on this. That has more than half uh, of the uh, views and impressions as the All City launch video had with twenty-five or thirty different people plus all of their other market accounts tweeting the same video out. And that's just because Pagan wrote a thing with slut in the title. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, Kyle Pagan, he's all, listen, he might not be all city, but he's all shitty and he's here, crossingbroad.com. The only, why, why read anywhere else? Why read yes. anywhere else? Saving leads, unbuttoning tees, slut. That's right. There we go. That's the, uh, that's the, uh, that's the motto for, for Red October. A bunch of sluts, a bunch of thoughts running around the outfield. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yo, now, somebody, now I'm excited. Somebody in the comments is asking about the Flyers. <laughs> this is where no, we are. Get this fucking loser off my screen. I, that, this guy's a dork. Um, Dorks are everywhere. It's okay. All right. So I appreciate you uh, You killing 20 minutes with me. Um, we will talk to you. God, we'll talk to you next Monday. Such a, such a such a gap in between our, our shows now that we're Monday, Wednesday. I do enjoy it more. And people, we are Monday, Wednesday, if you made it to this far of the pod. I've had a lot of people asking me, like, hey, what's up with the schedule and everything? Where have the, where have the things on Tuesday, Thursday been? We are actually Monday, Wednesday now. Programming note for you. Going Sorry, back, to, uh, back to the roots of the show. Though I will point out that that the maestro, Lefko, and I used to do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We used I to. Know. I know it's hard to get Kincaid to work more than an hour on a Friday. Oh, but like, stop it. You know, I'm sorry, two hours. That's my dude. That's my editor. Aww. That's Aww. my editor, bro. That's my, my editor. You got it. You got it. Well, here's the thing. Oh, Cassiano's another home run. <laughs> Kincaid, Kincaid is tied up in legislation right or in uh, in litigation right now. Sawyer Sawyer wants us to keep the pod going till Nolik is a base runner. I, I don't oh, that's know a great what, idea. I don't know what you got to do, but we can. I mean, Cassiano just hit a home run, so now it's four nothing. This could be Yo, an implosion for the. How age. many hits has Nolik given up? Uh, he has given up so far three. This is Craig's pitch, Craig, this is your job. He's pitching a no-hitter right now. No way. All right, now listen. We have to commit to this now. We have to commit okay. to the bit. We are here. We don't care about the streaming limits here. Mm -hmm. um, there are no we, streaming limits. No, dude, can oh, you imagine? Plug a, I, plug I, a, um, hold on a sec. Plug a, um, uh, a betting sponsor that people can go sign up for just so that, like, you know. Oh, great God point. You. Great point, yeah. Kyle. Well, you can go a few different ways here. I'd prefer you to go, well, if you go to crossingbroad.com and under the sports betting, you can find DraftKings and FanDuel. You can find PointsBet. You can find Caesars. You can find Bet365 if you're in New Jersey. Great, great app. 
They have a bet one, get 365. If you're in the state of New Jersey or Colorado or Iowa or New Jersey or Ohio or Virginia, I probably said a few of those twice, bet 365. Bet one, get 365. There you go. See, Craig, Craig's on it today. See, now Bob can't um, yell at us if we go over a little bit and maybe a couple articles don't get written. That's okay. I've been writing while we've been talking, so it's fine. But um, you. you guys, you guys, I don't know how you do it. You can do that. I mean, you guys multitask with the best of them. I've got the think, live like, stream up right you know, now on Xfinity. Caesars just changed their offer. They've got a $1,000 bet on us. They they changed their offer. The point spread offer to, that you are talking about before, though, was fantastic. It, it, it really harkened was. back to years ago when Caesars had their draft uh, thing. Listen, if we do this, okay, let's just say yeah. hypothetically. Yeah, hypothetically. If we well, do I, this stream Ed, until... Ed's telling me I just jinxed it, but I don't believe in jinxes when it comes to no-hitters. And I don't think NBC yeah. Sports Philadelphia believes in it either because they put up that stupid no-hitter graphic yeah, they, underneath they, they, it. Once they did it, high. it's over. If we do this, okay, okay, hypothetically, imagine we get to like the eighth inning and Nola still has a no-hitter, okay? Well, we're obviously the reason for that. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many people we could get if we got everybody to start sharing the video throughout the game. I wonder how many concurrent viewers we could get at a time. Uh, you know, I always enjoy this little live stream. Garrett Stubbs is up to the plate right now. It's one out with a zero zero count. Uh, bunts it down the yeah, foul ball. Um, yeah, I would, I would, you know, be interested to see that. I mean. EJM checking in. You guys will be done in 10 minutes. Don't sweat it. The Rav fourth inning is coming up. That is uh, that is a tough as a tough inning always for Aaron. Uh, I think it's usually the fourth, fifth, and sixth that he starts uh, he starts feeling a little bit. Total pitch count right now though is 38 pitches. That's a little over 12 pitches an inning. This is not this is not a typical Aaron Noah start. Let's pivot should- the discussion here for a second, shall we? Let's shall. The people who are watching right now, give us your First memory of being a Philadelphia Phillies fan. First memory of being a Philadelphia Phillies fan. We might even read it on the show. Wow. Kyle, do you remember the first game you went to? Yes. Eric Gregg, rest in peace. Uh, he was an umpire. He tossed me a ball in Veterans Stadium. Really? And I got on the Jumbotron. I thought I was the coolest kid in the world. Wow. I thought I, I was legit famous. I legit thought I was famous and like everybody in my second grade class was going to see me like on the news or on the TV when it was just like I didn't understand how like broadcasts on TV worked and then, you know, Jumbotron and stadiums worked. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you remember? What was your play? first memory, Russ? Um, your dad gets out of the coal mine. He comes no, home. Stop. All dark. We went to we went to the vet. I, I seem to remember going to a game against the pirates and then getting to the, uh, to the vet and getting upgraded tickets. Like it was a school promotion or something like free <laughs> tickets. And then we oh, upgraded was- the tickets oh. at the vet. But I definitely remember Your dad owned we, the coal mine. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> we went to a game against the giants. Whoa. Uh, against the giants at citizens bank park. I think it was the first time the giants played there. And somebody brought a, uh, it was a, a cardboard cutout sign in the shape of a uh, syringe because Barry Bonds was up to bat. So somebody had like the cardboard cutout syringe in the crowd. It was amazing. I don't know how they got it in. 1998? Hmm? I'm saying oh, it was at Citizens. Uh, I'm saying this one was at Citizens Bank Park. Was that was my first. What? Oh, you, I thought you said Pirates. I did. Pirates at the vet was my first game. And then I remember going to, I think the first game that the giants played at citizens bank park. Sorry. I struggle. I struggle in listening skills. Um, 
Garrett Stubbs knocks one right off his le- his right ankle. Have you ever done that before? I've never I've never been good enough at baseball to do that. I can't make contact. I don't think I've ever gotten the bat through the zone fast enough to hit it off my ankle. We did a thing as part of the XL. We did like an XL Media North American thing, and one of the things we did, we went to Chelsea Piers, and they like reserved uh, like a, a few driving tee mm-hmm. things, which was cool because the ball kept popping up, so you wouldn't have to bend down to put the ball on the tee to hit it. It would just keep coming up. It was really neat. I actually thought it was really cool. And then the, the guys were like, oh, we got to go hit some balls, go like do some baseball, do some batting cages. I'm like, I can't do shit. I'm not doing that. And then we went, and I hit the ball one time, and I felt so great about myself, and that was it. Are we talking 70 mile per hour? Are we talking 55 mile it's per hour? Like 55. Yeah, it's, it's probably... Oh, Stubbs is mad at himself there. Slams the bat down. It's okay. Maybe they put the the curveball machine on at the Chelsea Pier. They could. They could. All right. While we're uh, Brian, we got pitching change. Yeah, Brian Sticker's coming out to the mound. He looks constipated, doesn't he? (laughs) Worse than Doc Rivers. Oh no, Doc. Doc never looked constipated. Doc looked like he ran out of toilet paper. No, no, no. Doc, if you, if you, Doc looked if like you assess, he was like, you ever been in the, you ever been in the car? I remember vividly one time I dropped my girlfriend off at the Eagles game and I had to take the biggest shit in the world. Mm-hmm. And literally it was an Eagles game. So it took a while to get out of there. We're talking around like right to the Dretcher area. I go right, go back on 95. I mean, there was multiple times where I was looking around the car being like, is there a cup? Is there something? Cause I will shit in anything. That is the most I've ever held in a shit in one time. And I barely, barely made it i mean shout out to my shout out to my uh i guess my sphincter my ability to do you keep toilet paper in the car no is that a thing yes absolutely you keep one roll in the trunk have to did you do that before you had kids huh did you do that before you have kids yeah always kept a roll in you never know you never know when you're going to need the tp it takes Mm. up no space in the trunk Better safe than sorry. Is that, that's what they say. But especially with kids. What else is going on? Breaking news. The Eagles have traded for Jonathan Taylor. Wow. Stop it. They heard how he was listening to the show. Stop it. No. Got a few minutes to answer some questions. Roger Clemens, ask away. Does anyone have a question for Roger Clemens? Favorite Astros jersey you got to wear? Rainbow throwback, no question. Did you like pitching outside or in a dome better? Outside, more elements. You're my favorite pitcher of all time. That's all. That's not a question. Any questions do you have for Roger Clemens? Did Mike Piazza Why is this a thing? Why is this a thing happening? I want to know if anybody has NFL Sunday ticket. Do you? Did you get Sunday ticket? Did you sign up for FanDuel and get Sunday ticket? No? Cable. So, could have I don't, need, it. I don't need to watch anything else except for Red Zone and uh, and the birds. Oh, dude, dude! Sunday ticket with Red Zone is maybe the like that might be peak pinnacle humanity. Why? I did that on Sunday. Red Zone was the top left box. Then we had three other games going live at the same time. It was beautiful. Wait, was that was that an ending ending right there? Yeah. Wow. All right. So now. We go to the bottom of the fourth inning. Of course, everybody's here because they want to see, can Aaron Nola keep it up? 
Kyle, how many batters do you think it'll take until Nola gives up a hit today? I have to look to see who's coming up. So I'm guessing he's going through the second part of the lineup right now. Uh, so he's got Al, uh, he's got Acuna, Albies, Riley. I think he gets Acuna. I don't think he gets Albies. And I think Riley takes him deep. Wow. That's a murderer's row right there. Because then you just have Matt Olson on the back end there. So, I think the, I think this is going to be. Uh, I, I think if I had to guess, this uh, this listening this live is going to come to an end pretty soon. I do have bad news too. I have to go to a meeting at one thirty. I committed I mean, to this. Although, why did you will will the hit? I have a lot of meetings today. Will the hit occur before or after I have to go to the meeting? That's really the question. Hey, by the way, we didn't talk about this earlier, but we can we can bring it back to this until there's a, a hit. We mentioned one person that uh, All City targeted that was radio. And that, of course, is Gargano. Mm-hmm. Another name that has been brought up as somebody who had been approached and potentially has interest and potentially could be working on something with them is Mike Missinelli. Now, I want to know. Yes. I want to know from your perspective and from the people who are listening or maybe even watching, have any of you gone out of your way to listen to Mike Missinelli's Bet Rivers podcast? since he left the radio. I haven't met a single person yet who has. I'm not saying that to be rude. I'm just saying I have not met anyone who listens to Miss Anelli's podcast. I want to know from the sample size of people who are watching the stream right now, do you listen to or have you watched Miss Anelli's podcast? Kyle, have you? No. Well, I think I watched a little bit of the uh, Miss Anelli Gargano one. That's really it. Because uh, okay. I knew we were going to write about it on the site. And I saw it, and I sent it over to Kevin. I think he watched most of it. Um, yeah. You're ahead of me, by the way, on this video. So you're going to see the hit or lack thereof before I do. They just came back from the broadcast. No, I'm, I'm at 12 seconds on the, on the clock. Where are you at? How many seconds are on the pitch clock? He just threw the first. Well, he's 2-1 right now, so. Okay. Oh, boy, he got a very friendly call there by the ump. Very friendly. By the way, if you're joining us, we're only here until Aaron Nola gives up a hit. Mm-hmm. So. And there it is. Willing to take questions, comments, and concerns, though. <laughs> uh, it's, it's over, Russ. It's over! It's over! Ladies and gentlemen, there it is. We knew it was coming. We knew it was coming. Now, it, do we stay? Now, do we stay five until minutes he gives more? Up a, we have to stay until he gives up a home run. He's probably like what a batter away, two batters. I mean, he's got Albies. Albies had a home run, I believe, last night. Austin Riley's got power. Matt Olson's got power. It's the Rav fourth inning. I mean, it's the Rav fourth inning. That's all you really have to say. I mean, Aaron Nola should get a Rav four for as much as he's extended the Rav fourth inning. Over the season, they've gotten three X what they expected in terms of like references and times and impressions during the games. There's, now, there's some there's some analyst in sales that is like loves Aaron Nolan, bought an Aaron Nolan jersey sure. because he made such a good commission off of Toyota. Isn't it crazy though how these guys are like just in terms of odds, the likelihood of a pitcher blowing up in the same inning every time it's like such a minuscule probability. And yet, 
And yet it's a thing. I think Nola's frustrated. Here, Let me ask here you. Go. 12 innings with at least three earned runs this season. Seven times he's given up three earned runs. I just missed it. It might come up on yours. Four times he's given up four earned runs in an inning, and one time he's given up five earned runs in an inning. That's a lot. That's 21 runs in one inning he's given up. So if it's you, would you rather have a guy who has ace-like stuff who's wildly inconsistent like Nola, or – would you rather a guy who's got like solid number two starter stuff yeah. who is far more consistent? I When you say that, all I can picture is the Houston Astros pitching rotation from last year. I mean, those guys were all consistent. Yeah. Yeah, I would take – I would rather take someone who's really – I'd rather take like a Ranger Suarez last year who was just really consistent in early on – or not early on, but midway through the year this year who was really consistent. You could rely on him. I think that's what's so maddening about Nola is like you can see the stuff and you know that the stuff can be electric if he does the right thing. Do you think it's also because he's just such a podunk, you know, Southern guy who's just like, yeah, stuff wasn't there. Yeah, you know, stuff wasn't there. Yeah, no, stuff wasn't there. He just doesn't really give you those. I'd rather someone like explode at us, be like, yeah, you know what? You guys don't understand what the fuck it's like out there. I'd kind of rather that. Than just being like, you know, stuff was there. Well, it was like Taiwan Walker two weeks ago, right? He tweeted out about how he was going to be better and he appreciated his teammates mm-hmm. picking up and saying, you know, Philly, I'm going to be better. I don't need players to go that far. But, another man, hit. like, another hit? Yep. Ozzy Albies first and second right now. We're at fourth inning. No outs. Rot row. Rot row. Everybody, get your bets in right now. What are they? What are they now? Plus one fifty four. So they were, they were they were plus one fifty four before on DraftKings. Let's see where they're at now. Hold on, please hold. This just is got good a content, group, by the way. Just got a just got a uh, comment into the Slack. Oh God, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see the Philly. Uh, so the Braves were plus one fifty four. Wow, the Braves right now are plus one eighty. Oh this my God, might be the time. Get in, get in on that, everybody. Everybody, go to crossingbroad.com and sign up through one of our links. Yes, if you were if you were a plus uh, one eight, you know what? I might go over to my friends at Points Bet, and I might I might have to go place a wager on the uh, the Braves money line right now. I mean, this just bet. got me free money for Thursday night football. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Let's see, where does Points Bet have the odds at right now? Plus two thirty on the Braves. Well, Shit, then Points Bet, Points Bet. We're gonna I love a I love a good odds shopping. We're gonna play. We're gonna play a good little bet there. On the Braves to win. No what's offense the, to the Phillies. Uh, I love the Phillies. What's the Russ bets like? Now, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I'm more of a 20 maybe a $50, $50 bet guy if I'm feeling real horny. But I'm mostly 20 10 5 on an anytime touchdown kind of guy. Would you say you're more in the uh, in the minority there or you're more in the majority there in terms of coming to uh, novice games? I don't like to bet a lot. I write about this stuff all day, but I don't like to, to bet a lot. <laughs> Plus one ninety on DraftKings for the uh, for for the Braves. I'm going to throw twenty dollars on that right now. That would pay out. The, here's the thing. I think if you bet, you need to know your limits. You can set mm-hmm. limits, by the way, on these apps. Not a lot of people know that, but you can you can set limits on how much. Well, you can I got buddies that definitely know that given time frame. But um, I don't know. The I I've known people before who like to try to micro bet on like the pitch type or the play type in a football game, and I worry about that. I think that's that was, a little bit too far. That was really good for a little bit. Like, yeah. that was, like, um, my buddy made a good amount of money on first downs this drive. Uh, it was about a mm. year or two ago in the playoffs. And uh, 
It was that was a that was a pretty good that was a that was a good um micro bet. Whatever. The thing that I like is what I years ago when PA first legalized, what I would do is I would make a little bit of money on the NFL and then I would I'd make a lot more on UFC and then I would like sit down and watch an EPL game. And with soccer, you can really get a feel for momentum. And you would bet on like team to score in the next 15 minutes or so. And a lot of cases, like you can you can do pretty well there. Um, I like going for like the result of the drive in football. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing a live bet, um, Nola, John Jansen, he just jumped here in the uh, in the comments. He likes to bet. John Jansen, would you take plus one ninety in with Aaron Nola in the Rav fourth inning, man on first and second, no outs, one two count right now, plus two ninety now on DraftKings. Yeah, Austin Riley just struck out. That's another thing. You can just kind of follow it. By God. By God, Aaron Nola, he's on fire. That is a filthy. Was that a, they called that a knuckle curve. By God. By God. Austin Riley is broken in half. Not as good as JR as you. Nola, 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 by God, that's Aaron Nola's music. Here's a question. On the podcast feed, when you go to do this later, are you going to include our live commentary or are you going to clip it? Are you going to clip that part about the, the, oh, what's this? We got a base hit, base hit. Here comes a run. He's in there safe, 4-1. Your team, your town, your Philadelphia Phillies. 4-1. First and second, one out. Not good. Enjoy the ref fourth inning. Not good. Some people would would express concern. I am not some people. I like that Ford is complaining about what the show is right now while also still sitting here for over an hour and a half. There's nobody holding Ford here. We're clearly not doing regular pod right now. It's silly. I like Ford, though. Because he just goes against the grain of human I don't dislike Ford. Ford very much despises me, and so does Teddy Ruxborough or whatever. Also doesn't, and that's okay. I like Ford because he's just, he's an animal. He's got a brand, and he just continues that brand. And the brand, (laughs) I can't figure it out what the brand is, but the brand keeps returning, and the brand makes me laugh. Is Asuna going to go deep here? You gonna go yard? Yard? Do you think they can beat the the Braves in the playoffs? Yes. Yes. Do you think that's more because the Braves might not have the the testicular fortitude? Wow. To uh there's there's an attitude error pull. Yeah. To um what? to win. They kind of like, you know, mentally checked out because they've been up so much. I have a rational confidence in the Phillies' ability to get it done against division rivals. But the the only team genuinely who has ever scared me in this division ever is the Braves. Like, even when the Mets had a good team, however many years ago that was, I wasn't worried about the Mets. The Nationals, even when they won the World Series, I didn't go into those games being like, all right, the Phillies are going to struggle here. The the Braves have forever been the team, and maybe it's just because of like the Chipper Jones era teams, but like 
I I don't know. I've always really, really struggled to like see them beating the Braves. But I, I just think that Citizens Bank Park in the postseason is such a tough, tough place to play in the in the postseason that like I, I don't think it matters which team comes in. You know? You look at the Dodgers, right? Like the Dodgers on paper are far more talented. What? What's that big face? It's a big face and a big head. Oh, there goes the ball. There goes the ball. 4-1, man. Second and third. Aaron Nola, pass ball. Stubbs has to be so so hard to throw to. It's like basically throwing to a little leaguer back there. I love Stubby. I love what he brings to the team. Has the playlist and everything. But, man, he looks like a legit little leaguer back there. Yeah. That if you bounce one, it's just like, I just do not believe he's going to be able to, to stop. I mean, he looks legitimately like this is a game in Williamsport. And, oh, Azuna line out to Trey Turner. Hit hard. No. And second and third. He did. Well, you know what, Trey Turner? I'm telling you, man, that's why you love that Trey Turner, man. Guy's yeah. always in good position, man. ZY banana position, man. Does he catch that without the ovation? It's a great question. You know, uh, I always like to think about the fact that Standing ovations are, are what we need in this world. Who started the standing ovation, by the way? Was it WIP? Was it 97.5 The Fanatic? Was it Cuz, who's now was on Cuz? Ah! <laughs> oh, Bo! I started the ovation and now I'm getting sued, Bo! <laughs> no, I was thinking... Ah! Me and the Judas. I don't know if Gar- I don't know if the Cuz has like siblings. Can you imagine like Thanksgiving with the Cuz? It's just a da da da. Like it's it's an it's a tonal language. It's like Chinese. We're like what? What's that face? It would be. You ever see what's that dinosaur cartoon or from back in the day? It's like not really a cartoon. It's like much of like claymation kind of thing. But they were all like there's like that little dinosaur that like always ate food and pounded. Oh yeah, on the, on the bubble. Yeah, it was called dinosaurs. Yeah, it was called it was called dinosaurs. Yeah, dude, that that show that show is nightmare fuel. He's always like banging on the on the little table. Yeah, I think that's how I learned to do that voice. By the way, was was from that. I'm the baby, gotta love me. It's like Elmo. Yeah, there he is with the yellow shirt. Oh my! Was the dad John Goodman, or is it just that the dad sounded like John Goodman? And he wore plaid like John Goodman did in Roseanne. Yeah, yep. I think that's why I always thought of of him as John Goodman because Roseanne was on at the same time. Speaking of John Goodman, I've gotten hooked on Righteous Gemstones. I haven't watched it. Is it good, dude? I am just burning through it right now. Like laugh out loud, funny. Like first season was really good. I think the second season's even better. One, two count right now, two outs, man on second and third in the RAV fourth inning. Toyota should be paying us the amount of times we fucking said RAV fourth inning. <sighs> Rosario, this guy is, no, not this guy. I'm not thinking of this guy. It's another guy. I sat behind the, the Braves um, dugout. Yeah. Those are some cocky, cocky motherfuckers. And that's the only reason why I was kind of like, Ooh, Aaron Nola painting the corner. Gets the third out. Rosario looking. I didn't get there yet. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Wow. Rosario letting the team down. There's some cocky motherfuckers. That's the only reason why I might have thought, like, okay, they might, you know, they might not give a shit about Sidney's Bank Park and they're going to go in here. Yeah. 
So, all right. Well, look, well, hey, I, I we, appreciate we haven't uh, stayed here until Nola gave up a home run, but we did stay here until he gave up a hit. He gave up a run, a run, mm-hmm. and we just know it's a matter of time, but that's okay. <laughs> I hope everybody got in at plus 190, plus eight, plus 180, plus 290 if you're betting in, in, uh, in New Jersey on points betting stuff. Let's see. Right and, now, uh, it's plus 300. Braves are plus 300 now yeah. that the inning's over. They're at plus 300 on DraftKings. Go to crossingbroad.com, sign up through any of the links on crossingbroad.com for DraftKings. Fan tool, like I mentioned before, if you're in New Jersey, bet 365 and go over to Caesars. Caesars is also available over there. Yeah. And bet MGM. Unless you're in New York, then don't sign up there because they don't pay. All right, Dabo. Bo. We'll talk to you later. Da. Talk to you on Monday. Da. 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 Hey, I look forward, I look forward to being back on Monday. Poor Kinker. It's sixth season with those two kids. I got to tell you. I got to tell you. The sickness sucks. I got four, but the sickness sucks. It's hard, and I'm not going to crap on Kinker. Man, you guys are great birth control. I always appreciated that about you guys. That's probably my favorite thing about you. Um, All right. Hey, listen, everybody have a good weekend. Go Birds. We'll talk to you on Monday. I guess we'll do a preview for the – well, I won't be here. I'll be in Europe, so screw you guys. You're going to Europe? I'll be going for the next week. Yeah, I'm going to to Switzerland. I'm going to Germany. I'm going to Oktoberfest. Ooh. Where are you going to Germany? Munich. For Oktoberfest. Okay. Very cool. It'll be fun. It'll be a good time. You know what's funny? Oktoberfest is in September. You you have to remember that. Yes, I'm going at the end. At the end of Oktoberfest, which I was shocked. I thought I was going in the beginning of Oktoberfest. And obviously, you can see who's doing most of the planning uh, for this this trip and everything. So I'll miss you guys next week. Uh, Ross, I'm sure Kev's going to ask you to to come on, so they'll probably see you and everything. He fears me. uh, and we'll talk to you guys. <laughs> Hundred minute show, and this comes up. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, you want to? Okay, so yesterday I went to Pink. Today, uh, after I get off Make this, sure I'm you planning clip on this into a the ham podcast sandwich. edition. By the way, um, let's see. Uh, Friday, I fly out. Um, Saturday, you're on a double date with Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Well, sorry oh, guys. Guy. Um, by the way, Pink. Anyone ever gets a chance to see Pink? Go see Pink. Top five live performer I've ever seen in my life. Better, better really? performer, better performer than Taylor Swift. Better performer than Taylor Swift. Wow, that's bold. No, that's not. No, that's not a hot take. That's not, that's dude. I don't, did you see the video? I, I posted. I did. No, I saw that of her like she's, on the things. Dude, she's like high fiving like the four hundred. She's like five hundred. She's like fifty feet up in the air. She's like I'm like wondering if we're gonna have an Owen Hart situation on our hands. No, she's Aww. like. Well, now, but you you were smart though. You compared it to Sting in WCW, and that's good. Yeah, I could have said it was the worst live wire act since you know. Um, oh, stop! But <laughs> but here the thing is, like, she is absolutely amazing. At one point, they get like this trapeze thing. She's like only like she's not even secured in it. It's basically yeah. like this veil that she's yeah. on. She just puts her arms around it. She's doing flips all up in the air and everything. She is absolutely amazing and. Taylor Swift is benefited by her visuals and her uh, like performance and everything that takes away from her inability to actually be able to dance. Yeah. And I don't um, think that's a hot take. Can I tell but you? Now I, I, go I'm going to tell you really quick a concert that I went to as a little kid. So this was out of my control. I think it was like eight. I'm going to tell you this and you're going to laugh, but arguably the best in-person entertainer I've ever seen was Cher. Oh, Cher. I could see that. No, I could see that. The encore was the song Believe that do you believe oh, yeah. in love? I just remember she she was in like one of those circle things, like doing the flippy things, and there were lasers. It was at Wells Fargo Center or whatever it was. Yeah. 
when I was eight. Maybe it was the Spectrum. Probably First whatever. Union. Incredible. Like that was that was a performance. Yeah. That was cinema. All right, that's that's it. Toxic, toxic Britney Spears. Uh, it was my first concert I ever went to. Amazing performer. Went crazy two shows later. Never seen her again. I'm addicted to you. You're listening to the broadcast. Crossing broadcast. Okay. I don't think it's going to get any better than that. I think we peaked as a show. So uh, thanks to everybody who's been on here for an hour and 45 minutes. I forgot Craig was even here, actually. <laughs> it's just lurking in the shadows. Oh, man. All right. Well, hey, listen, we'll talk to you. Uh, well, I won't, but uh, someone will talk to you next uh, next Monday. <laughs>